Hello again, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the podcast. This is episode seven, and while there have been no games since the last episode, we've still got a solid show lined up for you today. In addition to That Was the Week That Was, which really wasn't when you come to think of it, got a couple of PD's points and then not one but two great interviews to round out the show. We'll drop some 901 knowledge with Michael Wallace of Grind City Media, who, in addition to killing it both on camera and in print on the Grind City site, is a tireless advocate of mentoring, one of the key programs supported by the Memphis Grizzlies Foundation. Then we'll wrap it all up with another friend of the program, David Schuster, longtime Chicago sports reporter who will update us on the Chicago Bulls. That will be the Grizzlies' next opponent coming up on Wednesday. The Grizz Weekly Grind is brought to you today by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City has helped young men be great on the court and in the community, and their alumni include major college and NBA players. For more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. Well, let's check out... That was the week that was. Well, as I said, there wasn't much in the week that was because no games have been played since the last recording of this podcast. Last Wednesday, the game at Portland was postponed, and then later the Friday game at Portland also postponed, as were two games at home against the Sacramento Kings. So the Grizzlies ended up losing four straight games, uh, to the schedule, and of course they will be rescheduled a little bit later. So the Grizzlies remain at 7-6 and six with a five-game winning streak, but uh, they're going to have a significant layoff before we get to um, play basketball again. So that was the week that was, and we move on to Petey's points. A couple of points today in Petey's points, and number one obviously is the pandemic. Look, the pandemic is frustrating on so many levels, heartrending on other levels because of the staggering loss of life. From an NBA perspective, all the postponements, they had to be expected. And, and the NBA went into this knowing that there would be postponements. That's why only half of the schedule was released and time was hopefully allotted for the ability to make up games that were postponed in the first half of the season. Now, look, the only way for the Grizzlies and the NBA to be totally safe would have been to put all 30 teams in a bubble similar to the one that was handled last summer in Orlando. That simply was not practical to do a 72-game schedule in a bubble in Orlando and, and asking players, coaches, referees, and many other support people to basically give up their lives, uh, you know, from December until May, June, July, or whenever the season would possibly end. So that type of bubble scenario, that was never going to happen, and, and we get that. So now the NBA set up protocols for playing games in market. Were those protocols somehow lacking because now we have postponed games? Perhaps. Again, the NBA knew that games were going to be postponed. If you are playing in home markets and players are going back to their homes and going back to their families, as much as you can try to control their contacts, there's always the possibility for infection. There is always the possibility for having to sit somebody because of contact tracing. 
And the NBA has remained flexible with their protocols. They have toughened protocols in some areas. They have changed in some areas. Part of the reason why the Grizzlies lost three straight games after the initial postponement at Portland was basically, look, we just need to shut you down for a while and not have this situation drag on with your team. So the NBA has tried to be flexible. They've tried to be agile in changing the rules of uh, the rules of the game going along. So, look, it's not ideal. And I think anybody walking into this season thinking that it would go as smoothly as the bubble would have been deluding themselves because playing in market is an entirely different endeavor with the travel, with the hotels, with all those things having been said, it was not going to be as safe and neat and clean and tidy as the bubble was in Orlando. And look, Adam Silver came out and he said, look, we know that January is going to be one of our hardest months. And that has turned out to be the case. So look, I have confidence that the NBA is going to figure this out. Uh, Hopefully the spread will be mitigated, shut down, um, and we'll be able to get on a a semi-regular schedule of playing basketball games. But in the meantime, the NBA will continue to monitor its protocols, tighten them as necessary. And look, call me a shill for the league, but I believe in Adam Silver. I believe in what they're trying to do with the NBA. They're trying to keep the players safe and sound and trying to make sure that we don't have a widespread outbreak of COVID among teams. So they're going to adjust. They're going to adapt. The other PD's point today for the Grizzlies, what does this mean? Well, a couple of things. Number one, it means that, you know, you've now had four games, actually five if you go back to a Minnesota cancellation or postponement, I should say, from earlier. Um, those are games that, well, when you actually play them, you may have Jaron Jackson Jr. and Justice Winslow back. You may have a fuller roster. So you may actually be in a better position to play those games. Don't know. Then again, C.J. McCollum was missing because of an injury. Well, the Blazers may have him back when you end up playing that game. And of course, on the Mount Rushmore of Grizz Killers, I think C.J. McCollum would probably be one of the four personages on the uh, Mount Rushmore of Grizz Killers. So, you know, the Grizzlies hopefully will be a little healthier. Now, it will give them some time off. Will that res- uh, result in rest or rust? Remains to be seen. It's going to be more than a week from beating Phoenix on MLK Day before they finally take on the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday. So which way is that going to go? At this point, there's no way of knowing, just like pretty much everything else in 2020 and 2021 so far. And that does it for Petey's Points. This is the Grizz Weekly Grind, Episode 7, and we have this question for you. If there was one thing you could do, one bold action you could take, one inspired choice you could make, one investment guaranteed to transform Memphis, would you do it? Well, if your answer is yes, here's your chance. The Grizzlies Foundation is looking for Memphians to be the difference in a child's life by becoming a volunteer mentor. There are 800 youth in Memphis waiting for your decision today. Don't delay. Join the movement. Become a mentor at grizzliesfoundation.org. This message brought to you through the generous support of Garner Framing Company, serving Memphis for 70 years and a proud supporter of the Memphis Grizzlies Foundation. Framing consultations by appointment at 901-685-7796. 
That's framing consultations by appointment with Chris Garner and his staff at 901-685-7796. Tell me you heard about Garner Framing on the Grizz Weekly Grind podcast. And that from Garner Framing is a perfect segue to today's edition of 901 Knowledge. For many years, the Memphis Grizzlies have been known as one of the most charitable and philanthropic organizations, not just in the NBA, but in the entire sports world. They've been great supporters of numerous community initiatives, as well as St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and Labonner Children's Hospital. But one of the prime projects is their mentoring program. It reaches hundreds of young people in the Memphis area that need guidance and role models. Now, January is National Mentoring Month, so on today's 901 Knowledge, we bring in Michael Wallace of Grind City Media. 901 Knowledge. Let's get some. Michael, first of all, there is a tremendous need for mentorship in Memphis. Describe for us the need and the reality of what these young people really need from from adults. I mean, when you look at, you know, where we are right now uh, in the midst of this pandemic, uh, in the midst of a lot of schools uh, being virtual only, um, partial in-person, the, the kids around Memphis and the youth in Memphis uh, need leadership, need mentors now more so than ever before. Um, you hear the term all the time, unprecedented times. Um, well, these are, you know, th- this, this is, these are unprecedented times for these kids here. This is their civil rights movement. This is their, you know, World War One and Two movement of, of some of the previous generations. They're going to be talking about what they experienced uh, in this past two years for the rest of their lives and it's going to be in the history book. So what they need is uh, get people, uh, just everyday people to help guide them through. Memphis is a city where there are 60,000 youths in the city who are need, in need of mentors. And our programs strive to meet them where they are and help them take the next step in their mentorship development. And it just so happens that January is National Mentoring Month and the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies Foundation uh, is committed through our partnerships across the city and across the region. Uh, to match our youth in the city with uh, with promising mentors. I'm glad that you brought up the whole subject of partner organizations because there are so many worthwhile organizations in Memphis that are serving underserved youth. And so the Grizzlies Foundation leverages their relationships with these different organizations to connect mentors with mentees. Who are some of the organizations with which the foundation works? Um, you can go, and it runs the gamut. I mean, Code Crew uh, quickly comes to mind, uh, you know, to help our, our technology-savvy young students and, and young men and women who have computer interests or who have gaming interests uh, go into what it takes to be developers uh, in, in that kind of field. Um, we have our Lunch Buddies program, uh, which connects uh, students with people during their lunch breaks at school. Now, right now, it's all virtual, so some of these things are evolving. But we have the Lunch Buddies program. We have the uh, uh, Scholars program uh, that Ford is, is very generous with when it comes to uh, advocating the educational futures of, of our students. Team mentoring program is going into five or six different middle schools across the city uh, to have one-to-one direct impact from a mentoring standpoint uh, when it comes to those uh, relationships with students as well. So there are just so many different organizations. Um, when you look at... Uh, uh, you know, what happens with the GIF program, the Juvenile Intervention and Faith-Based Ministries, uh, for, for young men and young women who, who may have made a mistake or, or two and, and are in the legal system, uh, how do we get them, you know, back into uh, the right process and the right programs? Those are all ways that we 
uh, engage from, from community partners throughout Shelby County and Memphis in the region uh, to help leverage what we share as a mission in terms of helping our youth. I'm glad you brought up GIF. It's a, a worthwhile organization. And I remember Tony Allen would do the karaoke contest to benefit GIF. So the Grizzlies players have been involved in this as well. Frequently on the television telecast, we do talk about the Grizzly Scholars Program that is presented by Ford and the Mid-South Ford dealers for people who might be interested in understanding a little bit more about what that program means to young men at Grizzlies Prep. Tell us more. Yes. I mean, the Ford Scholars Program, you know, identifies high achieving potential uh, students that, you know, pretty much have a solid academic background. And we just need to help them develop the resources that they need to continue along that path. And so they're presented with an opportunity, monetary opportunity, uh, as well as scholarship opportunities and resources to continue that journey, to continue that path. And and you alluded to it, you know, Ford and the Mid-South Ford dealers are uh, just astronomical in terms of their influence and their impact. We do it every single year. Pete, you do a phenomenal job uh, with, with with the interviews, interviewing some of these young men <laughs> Thank uh, you. that, that, are, that are part of that process. And it helps them grow. You know, I mean, these are all students that grow up watching the Grizzlies. They see our stars and our franchise players. But what we want to let them know through programs like the Ford Scholars Program is that they're franchise players too. They're the future of these businesses and these community engagement programs. And we want to continue to arm them and give them the resources that they need. So that's one of them uh, of many uh, wonderful, wonderful programs that, that you have there. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say right now, you know, there are ways that, you know, our listeners and viewers can continue to be involved by texting 901 mentor, 901 mentor to five, six, five, two, five. So text 901 mentor, Spell it all the way out, 901 M E N T O R to 56525, and you can join our team uh, and become a mentor in any way. Anyway, if you know how to tie a shoe, you can be a mentor. If you know how to tie a tie, which is very big at Grizzlies Prep, we have tie tying ceremonies where we teach our young men how to tie ties. And you just do not know how impactful that is because it serves as a rite of passage for young men to know what it takes to, to dress properly for interviews to feel confident in who they are based on their appearance. And also to, uh, to as you move forward, you're gonna to have to both be dressed and educated uh, uh, in a positive way and in an influence. So those, all of those things help. I can go on and on, but I'll, I'll stop right there, I apologize. I get excited about talking about this, Pete. I mean, it's just, I, I remember needing a mentor um, throughout my life. You know, I, I remember how influential uh, mentors were. When I first got to Memphis from ESPN five years ago, uh, Elliot Perry and Vince Carter quickly took me aside and said, hey, you got to get over to Grizzlies prep because we need men like you to help us. And I was hooked from that day. And, um, you know, it's just one of those situations where you try to pay it forward as much as possible. And we're talking with Michael Wallace of Grind City Media and uh, an advocate, a most passionate advocate and involved in the Grizzlies mentoring program. One of the things that is unique about Grizzlies mentoring is that there is the opportunity for team mentoring. Mentoring one-on-one -on -one may be intimidating for some people, but there are opportunities to team mentor. Yes. Ex explain that dynamic and how it works. Yes. Well, that program speaks specifically to, uh, you know, our, our anchor program, the team mentoring program from the Grizzlies Foundation. Basically, what it means is that your partner, if you volunteer, you come in with us, you're partner with three other community engagement, I mean, community, you know, representatives, not just representatives, but just everyday people 
um, you know, who, who want to mentor and they just might not feel completely confident in one area or another. Am I qualified? Well, yes, you are qualified. If you have an interest, if you have an open heart, uh, if you have a willingness to listen uh, and learn as much as share, uh, then you're qualified. So you, you partner, we partner you, we, we put you through training, uh, just a seminar um, about uh, our curriculum. You, you're in the classroom with three other uh, adults and they're up to six students. So it's basically a two to one ratio. Mentors, there's a team mentor group, the three adults, and up to six students in your group. So it's nine of you all all together, uh, ideally for an hour. Uh, all it takes is an hour a week and the curriculum is provided. So you're basically just sharing concepts uh, about goal setting, concepts about how to get involved in your own community, concepts about how to be a better big brother to your younger siblings, or you know, how do you help your parents out uh, as they need things around the house? So those are all things that we discuss. And right now we're discussing the adjustments from, from in-school learning to virtual and what some of the challenges are with that. And it's just basically giving them an outlet uh, to voice what they're going through. And you can share some of your life experiences as well. And it's, it's a symbiotic relationship from a team concept. As a potential mentor would do, do they have the option of saying, I'd like to work with somebody in the GIF program, or I would mm -hmm. like to do team mentoring? I'm a big process guy. So walk us through the process of mm -hmm. somebody who is intrigued by the concept of mentoring and they knock on the door. How does the Grizzlies Foundation answer and how, they, how do they direct them going forward? Well, first, first and foremost, we're going to say, make sure you have your mask and you're going to have to hit the hand sanitation button and, and have, you know, we, we want to make sure everyone is safe. Right. So that's first and foremost. Um, and then we're going to encourage you to get directly connected through your device, you know, through your devices or, of, of choice uh, by texting 901 mentor to 56525. And then that opens up uh, an entire menu of options. So if you're looking at it, this uh, if you're walking into your favorite restaurant and you're handed a menu, and you have appetizers, main courses, the wine list, that's basically what our mentor opportunities look like. So you pick and choose what best fits you. Some people wanna work with young, young boys, young men. Uh, uh, Grizzlies Prep is a great place for that. Some uh, women wanna get involved and work with young girls and helping them through adolescence. Well, we also have programs designed for young women as well, young women in terms of their, uh, 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 their path. Um, if you want to be in a co-ed situation, if you want to work with computers, if you want to work with, uh, let's just say, uh, having lunch or Grizz Fit or different kind of uh, avenues, those are all there. So you sign up, um, you, you declare your interests, you declare what availability you have in terms of what days of the week work best for you, what hours of the day work best for you, whether you're better virtual or in-person as we shift back. And then we create an opportunity of two or three mentoring opportunities that might be best fit for you. And then you just choose which one works. There's a training regimen that goes into it where you're taking some online uh, seminar, really easy, really easy stuff. It's fun. Uh, probably about an hour or two hours worth of uh, training. And then you're aligned and then you start, you know, and, uh, and guess what? You're pouring in what you have, but you're going to be reciprocated. It's going to reciprocate because you're going to get far more out of mentoring than you're giving to mentors. These kids are, in, are just, so so engaging and so so special that they feed your spirit and your soul just as much as you give them your time. We we need to talk about success stories, and mm -hmm. I know that there are many. Um, and any mentor that you talk to does echo your sentiments that they get out of it 
maybe more than the mentees actually do. From your experience, can you recount? I know you can. Yes. Uh, just just go ahead and, and recount some anecdote, some experience that really underscores how important this is. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that question because the, the first one that comes to mind, we have a young man uh, that went through Grizzlies prep, uh, fifth, sixth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grades. His name was Courtney. And Pete, you will remember this story because Courtney was selected uh, as, a, as a successful mentee, successful young scholar at Grizzlies Prep. Um, he wasn't reading on the level that he needed to when he first got there. His reading skills just went off the charts uh, once he was involved in Grizzlies Prep and the mentoring programs. And Elliot Perry took him under his wing. And three years ago, I believe it was the draft when we ended up with Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Grizzlies, Courtney went to the NBA draft lottery as Elliot's guest. And that was just an extension of what the mentoring program and the Grizzlies partnership with our young men in this city can do for a young man. Uh, Courtney is now at MUS. And I just happened to go there for a speaking engagement where I was talking to the entire uh, young men student body there. Uh, he went there, he's enrolled on a scholarship and he found me. I didn't know that he was necessarily there. He came up to me and he was like, Mr. Wallace, Mr. Wallace, you remember me? And I saw him and he's four inches taller. You know, he's a, he's a growing <laughs> young guy now um, in just such a short time. And, and the growth for him from a maturity standpoint to a performance standpoint and just to a physical stature reminded me that, you know, this young man is successful. And I talked to the dean of uh, his dean of students there and he told me that Courtney has matriculated from Grizzlies Prep into MUS and he's just doing a phenomenal job. They never forget that. And what that means is that Courtney is going to remember that experience with Elliot Perry and the Grizzlies, and he's going to have that seed planted in his spirit for the rest of his life. So he's going to plant that into two or three other kids as he's, once he gets, becomes an adult and he shares his story, that's going to inspire the next generation. And that's all this is about is just planting seeds. That's going to harvest generation after generation after generation. And I know Elliot speaks very fondly of the time when he really needed a mentor. And so yes. Elliot has continued to pay it forward and Courtney will continue to pay it forward. January is National Mentoring Month, but mentoring is not a one month out of the year proposition. It is year round. The need is great. One last time for everybody who's listening to this podcast, how can they get involved? Give them the contact information and, uh, and, and, and a, a pitch, yes. if you will. Look, yes. get, get out there and do it. You need to be involved. You, you, you need to be involved. There's a place for you, no matter where you are. This is not about qualifications. This is not about resumes. This is not about status. This is about heart. This is about time. This is about commitment. This is about caring. If you have any of those intangibles, there's a place on our team for you. No question about it. We're going to develop you to be a franchise mentor. And that's what, and, but you have to get started by simply looking at the options that we have and how you can fit in text 901-MENTOR to 56525, and we can guarantee that we'll meet you where you are, get you hooked up and trained uh, and, and placed with someone that you can have a direct impact on. You can impact the child's life, whether you're a father, whether you're a mother, whether you don't have any children at all, uh, whether you love dogs, whether you love animals, whatever, whatever your interest level is. If you have a beating heart and, and, and care and love in your spirit, you can help one of our youth in this city. 65,000 kids are out there in Memphis right now that need your support. And we certainly can use you as a part of our team. So 901-MENTOR to 56525, or also go to grizzliesfoundation.org, grizzliesfoundation.org, 
and all of the menu items and options are there right for you. Michael Wallace of Grind City Media and passionate mentoring advocate and mentor. Thank you so much for the time. And thank you so much for all you do for the Memphis community, not just the Grizzlies, but for the entire Memphis community. We're all grateful. Thank you, Pete. And I appreciate everything you do too, man. I learned so much from you and uh, just being in your presence teaches me a lot about preparation and always being prepared for the opportunities that are in front of you. And uh, I thank you for being that beacon and mentor as well. You don't even realize it, but you are a mentor to me and to so many others as well too. So that's how, I don't want to say easy it is, but that's just how simple it is in terms of influence. You just never know how, who you're influencing at any given time. Really appreciate Michael Wallace stopping by to drop some 901 knowledge on us about the Grizzlies mentorship program. And hopefully you are so inclined that you would investigate it and uh, make a difference in a young person's life. From 901 Knowledge, now we shift to friend of the program. David Schuster has been covering Chicago sports for more than 30 years. He's seen Stanley Cups, Super Bowls, and NBA championships won. Of course, he was there when Michael Jordan was there. Also the co-host of the Sharpshooters podcast right here on the Basketball Podcast Network. He joins us today to break down the strong start of the Chicago Bulls under new head coach Billy Donovan. David, as we record this, they have won three in a row for the first time in, in several years with a new head coach in Billy Donovan. What has Billy Donovan meant to this basketball team? A lot, to be honest with you, Pete. And first of all, good talking with you. Um, he, you know, obviously they went from Jim Boylan, and you can use whatever adjectives you want to in regards to him, to a real professional coach in Billy Donovan. And, and organization, I guess, is the very first word that comes to my mind. There's a renewed confidence with this team. They are seven and eight, but they could easily, easily be three or four more wins better than that. They went on a West Coast swing. They lost to the Lakers and the Clippers in back-to-back games over a span of about you know 48 hours. And they had a chance to win both games uh, other than a, a shot at the buzzer on both ends. So, you know, they could have easily won those two games. They they probably could have won at Sacramento also, but they came up just short, just like they did in, in L.A. Um, and they beat Portland. They're, they're a much, much improved team, albeit with pretty much the same roster, minus just a rookie in Patrick Williams. And and Billy Donovan is just getting the most out of them. He's gotten Zach Levine to play better team overall basketball. And he's also taking advantage of veteran players in his second unit. I mean, that's really the key to the Bulls right now is they have depth. They have seven guys in double figure scoring and, and uh, uh, Garrett Temple is right behind at 9.9. They're fourth in the league uh, in scoring at a, almost 118 points. Unfortunately, they're giving up 119. So between Zach Levine and the fact that they're getting veteran leadership from guys like Thaddeus Young and, and Otto Porter's coming off the bench and he won't be a bull for all that much longer because of his contract, they're playing better basketball. So Billy Donovan gets a lot of credit. Absolutely. What style does Billy want to play with this basketball team? Because for so many years, the Bulls, it seemed, at least to the casual observer, half court, grind it out. How does Billy Donovan want to play? Oh, he wants to, he wants, I don't know, use the word track meets, but he does does not mind having the ball move very quickly up the court. And he's, listen, his backcourt is able to do that. Kobe White, and I was not a believer that he could play the point guard position. And I will still say that the jury is out, ultimately, if that is his best position on an NBA roster, but I mean, he's lightning quick. I mean, it'll be really interesting between him and Ja come Wednesday night if they're, if the game is able to come off, 
Um, so the Bulls are able to get up and down the court in, in really nice fashion. That's one of the reasons why they're fourth in the league in scoring. Um, you know, conversely, if they have to play slow down basketball, if the other team scores and they have to move the ball up the court, you know, slowly, um, it's it's a lot of movement, a lot of motion, offense, a lot of pick and roll like everybody else in the NBA. And like I said, you know, the, these guys are starting to gel together. Lowry Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr., if he plays on Wednesday night, they're finally, finally maybe turning the corner of their NBA career. They both had really off seasons last year, but they're getting better. And, and Zach Levine, I still say, is the key here because not only is he fourth in the league in scoring, he's averaging 27 points, five rebounds, five assists. And you can tell by those other two numbers after the points per game that he's becoming more of a team player. Still turns the ball over too much, even for his own liking. But, you know, he's finally coming into his own. And maybe this is the year he be- finally becomes an all-star. The assist per games number for him, that is the best of his career. Mm -hmm. Was it a matter of Billy Donovan getting to him, sitting him down and saying, Zach, you don't have to shoot every time you touch the ball because his shot attempts are down too. So was it somebody getting with him or was it Zach Levine just of his own volition seeing the light come on? I think a little bit combination of both and also added to that is, is, you know, Thaddeus Young and Otto Porter Jr., who are even more veterans than he is in the league, have gotten into his head saying, hey, look, trust us to help you out in the first three quarters, and then you can go off on the fourth quarter. And if you take a look at his fourth quarter scoring, he's way up in the league. Uh, In fact, he did the exact same thing in last night's win at Charlotte. So it's a combination of a lot of things. And here's something to remind, you know, to remember about Zach Levine. He's been in the league, what, seven years? He's had six different head coaches. It's ridiculous. And and so finally, I think he has a real, real head coach who's, who's, uh, who's helping him out. This is a Bulls team that is also top 10 in all three shooting categories. Is this merely a hot streak or have they just done a better job of finding the shots that suit them and converting? I think it's the latter, to be honest with you. I mean, last year, I don't know, these uh, sabermetric nut jobs were, you know, getting in their head shooting three-pointers, three-pointers, three-pointers. Well, listen, it's much better to hit a two-pointer than to miss a three-pointer, and I'm pretty old-fashioned when it comes to that. And obviously, maybe Billy Donovan is as well along with the coaching staff and Arturis Karnishevis, who is pretty key uh, and integral here also. So I think they're just better shot selection overall. That's the reason why their percentage is higher. You mentioned Karnishevis is the new head of basketball operations for the Bulls. Obviously, uh, John Paxson had been there for a lot of years, and now there's been the changeover to Karnishevis. What has he brought to the table? Because this Bulls team, it seemingly for years, had just gotten stale. Well, it's a breath of fresh air, to be honest with you, and that's nothing against John Paxson. I mean, Paxson is still part of the hierarchy, although I'm sure it's more of a consultant role, if you will. Um, but Karnishevis, listen, anytime something new comes in there, hopefully it's a breath of fresh air, and it, and it is in this instance. What I think that he's doing more than anything else so far, and like I said, the roster's pretty much the same as last year. 13 of the 15 guys are the same. But what I think Karnishevis is really doing is he's analyzing close up and personal what all these guys can do. And then he'll make some decisions, whether at the trading deadline or or certainly in the offseason. You know, and I see some veteran players. I mean, like I said earlier, Otto Porter Jr. is not long for being a bull, whether it's after the season, of course, or even beforehand, if you know, especially if injuries occur around the league. But, you know, the Bulls are only, with their 7-8 and eight record, Pete, they're only two games out of second place in the very crowded Eastern Conference. So 
you know, Karnishevis might have some decisions to make, you know, come the trading deadline, which I believe is in March this year. But, I, you know, I'm fairly confident that he's just taking a really close up personal look at, at his roster and making some decisions as time goes on. You had alluded to the veterans that are coming off the bench in an auto porter, in a Garrett Temple and a Thad Young. We had Garrett Temple here in Memphis, still one of my all time favorite guys. Total pro gets it the whole thing. Who is the leader of this group, whether it's one of the veterans or one of the young guys? Who is who is the guy in the locker room that can raise his voice and everybody pays attention? Oh, I don't think there's any question. It's Thad Young. And you know, I've, I've heard that he almost annually receives the award for best teammate around the league. You know, Garrett Temple, I, I wasn't as familiar with him as I should have been. I mean, I you know, journeyman, I guess you can use that word, but extremely professional and he can still play and he can still shoot. I'm my God. I mean, you know, the bulls, like I said, are winning games with their second unit alone. Just take a look at their bench scoring as opposed to the opponents. So, you know, uh, Garrett Temple certainly adds Thad young, but, you know, getting back to uh, Zach Levine coming into his own in the locker room, as well as on the court, there's no question about that. You think this is sustainable over the long haul for this team? I, I do. I said going into the season, the Bulls will probably this year improve to be a 500 record team. Right now, they're basically right there right now. The league is, you know, you see this as much as anybody. The league is somewhat watered down for a litany of reasons. Nobody plays defense. Nobody plays defense at all for, again, a litany of reasons again. So, you know, the the way they're going to have it this year and knock on wood, it happens that, you know, that the ninth and the 10th place teams will automatically qualify uh, at least in the play-in round, I see the Bulls, who knows, they, they could finish above the 7, 8, 9, 10. But yeah, I think this they'll, they'll finally be a playoff team around the 500 mark. No better person to talk Chicago sports with than David Schuster. He has seen it all in the Windy City. Co-host with Mark Schanowski of the Sharpshooters podcast, also part of the Basketball Podcast Network. David, thanks so much for the time. Hey, pleasure talking to you, Pete. And so that does it for this episode number seven. Our thanks to Michael Wallace of Grind City Media for some 901 knowledge and to David Schuster of the Sharpshooters podcast for his insight into the Chicago Bulls. Grizzlies have Chicago at home on Wednesday, then a couple of days off before heading to San Antonio. Coming to the Grizz Weekly Grind, more of our interview with Jeff Calkins, as well as an in-depth discussion of NBA refereeing with Monty McCutcheon, Senior Vice President of Referee Training and Development for the NBA. This is Pete Branica. Thanks so much for listening to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network.